Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. So of the people you have in your company, how many are A players? And is it possible to take those people who aren't A players and transform them into A players by just changing seats? Spoiler alert, yes. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to discuss and deconstruct insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts. Every week, we uncover tested tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. Today, our guest is Lynn Taylor. Lynn is the president and CEO of Taylor Protocols. Lynn is a business optimization expert in all areas of human capital, C-level performance, executive coaching, and organizational design. He's also the creator of Core Values Index, the only assessment, um, the only assessment to identify the unchanging human characteristic that dictates future job performance and aligns these with responsibilities of a given role for guaranteed success. Lynn stakes his company and his reputation around finding the right person for the right mission. Lynn has performed this more than 200 times successfully for turn-on projects over the past 20 years. Lynn, I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So things we're going to cover today, we're going to cover how uh, how many A and B players you would need to produce 100% of the productivity you generate now. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, if everyone in the company were A and B players, what would that capacity look like? And uh, solutions to transform or, uh, or hire top performers. So let's start with the question on how many people at a company are typically A players? Um, well, the, we did a study of uh, 60,000 people in 367 um, job positions, 133 companies. And uh, people like Merrill Lynch and, and um, uh, Citibank and Alcoa and, and uh, many other name brand, uh, name, sure. household name uh, companies like uh, Warehouser and Boeing. And what we found is that the, um, uh, about 7% of the people in all of these companies, by their uh, estimate, uh, in those positions are A players, okay. about 15% B players. And uh, a whopping 53% are C players, and the balance, almost a third of the people, are um, D performers. Okay, D so these are all primarily uh, name brand companies, are, are, right? Say it again? These tend to be larger name brand type companies, right? Uh, no, this the the I, I gave you the name brand type companies. It, it, it came from uh, mostly from smaller companies. Um, oh, really? In the uh, uh, 10 to uh, 200 million dollar range. Okay, got it. I, w I would imagine, though, for companies that are startups, uh, you don't really have that problem, especially since you know it's really crucial that that company come up to speed as quickly as possible. So they really need to hire A players, right? Uh, yes, it's more critical. The smaller the business, the more critical uh, it is to have only right people. And um, we've done a lot of uh, what we'll call mom and pop and you know, startups, and and um, then mid range from the five to thirty million has uh, been the bulk of our work. In our turnaround work, and um, so does that number like still hold true? Uh, had uh, 40, um, uh, 45 percent uh, per uh, quarter uh, turnover of his drivers, um, and uh, 160 percent turnover a year. 
and um, uh, we, we looked at his uh, people and, and rated them uh, A, B, C, D, and we found that he only had uh, out of his uh, uh, for, uh, out of his 40 drivers that we started with, he he only had uh, about five percent were A players. Wow. And that's typical everywhere, uh, which also means, uh, Rick, that, that we usually have uh, three times as many people as we need if we had only A and B players in every seat. Now, now we talked on the phone, and you kind of ran me through your kind of 80-20 rule. Uh, run me through that, if you would. Well, that's the Wilfredo Pareto principle that 20% of the people produce 80% of the value, yeah. uh, and and that means that 80% of the people in any given job are producing the remaining 20%. So, uh, the farther a person gets away of, from performance of the A players, we've also proven that uh, the A players uh, all have core value natures that are very similar for a balance of the four uh, critical energies. And um, the uh, C and D and uh, players uh, look almost nothing like the A players. Got it. Uh, and we've, uh, we've proven that that um, almost always there there are uh, nobody like the A players uh, in in uh, C and, and D positions. Only some in the in the B uh, B positions. Got it. All right. So if you're trying to stack your company with A and B players, basically, then the issue has to come down to probably just making wrong hiring decisions or not making hiring decisions that are effective, right? That's exactly right. They're, they're done uh, subjectively. I like the person. They looked me in the eye, had a good handshake, uh, talked well, <laughs> has good experience, has a resume, and uh, has, has uh, references, and the references gave me a, you know good glowing, and that's the way hiring has been done. And He and likes baseball, and I like magazine, baseball. 85% uh, of the time, uh, uh, within three weeks, both the employer and the employee are uh, somewhat or significantly uh, dissatisfied with the hire. Uh, so it's it's endemic. It's they've been there forever, and we tend to ignore it because we don't have a better way. At least we didn't until we had the uh, core values index and my medical grade algorithms to put a right person in the right seat. You know, it's interesting. As I read a statistic um, not too long ago, where they were saying that an unstructured interview, which is what 99% of the companies out there do, they just kind of do what you just explained, which is an unstructured interview, tend to present. I mean. Uh, tend to produce a 6% chance of making right higher. That's about right. Uh, yeah. Barry, Barry Deutsch um, has uh, done over 100,000 placements uh, over the years and has written several books, and, and he says uh, adamantly, uh, we have found that there is zero correlation between the performance of a person in the interview and their performance on the job. So yes, the success rate is is uh, uh, six to ten percent. Um, if people tell themselves the truth about getting a new A player, uh, but it's really uh, it's not the interview that that does it. It's that's just the statistical um, uh, you know variety that uh, if one one out of ten or so people uh, becomes uh, an A player. Uh, that's just statistics, not the quality of the interviewing. So we're chalking it up to luck here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just it's really um, it, it really is a problem that needed needed to be solved. Um, okay, now you at uh, Quijet yeah. Marine, they had 56 people on the manufacturing floor, and they were producing seven million dollars of boats a year mm -hmm. and uh, losing a million dollars a year you know, doing that. Uh, we um, 
did an ABCD rating, did a core value index of all, all their players. Uh, because they were in such a stark uh, situation, we had to do a reduction. We reduced the, um, the plant to 35 people. And with uh, 35 people and just a, a one or two new hires over the, the course of that first year, we went from $7 million to a $23 million annualized pace. Um, and um, so now the company was making um, better than industry average. They were making about 15% uh, pre-tax profit uh, on, wow, that's on building boats, which typically create about a 3% profit. Okay, so then that kind of leads us into our next point, which is actually taking the people that you do have and kind of transforming them into an A player. That can be done, correct? Well, you can't transform somebody who is um, wired by nature to to be a different kind of energy. See, our, our work is, uh, Dr. David Mashburn says that the um, reason we succeed is because we are uh, uncovering and, and we've learned how to do a job description so we uncover the human energy needed in the actual tasks of the job. Okay. What balance of, of the four energies? And then we have the CBI, which gets the balance of the four energies in a, in a given individual. And when you match uh, energy needed to energy that exists in a person, you're getting a physics kind of match for the first time. It's a scientific match as opposed to the subjective uh, human kind of um, a disappointing process we go through of trying to hire new people. Okay. So, I mean, you've got somebody who's got kind of the right attitude and they fit in culturally. They kind of check off all those boxes, but they're not really performing in their role. Those are the people that you want to kind of focus in on, right? Uh, yes, uh, and uh, that's how I turned around over 200 companies, as you were saying. It, it would be uh, at Pasquare Paneling. They had a 110-year-old business uh, uh, averaging somewhere between 100 and, and 200,000 a year uh, of, of profit on, on 10 million in sales. Very, very small profitability. They thought they had maximum 16% gross margin as the cost of the product to the customer versus the, uh, the cost of the labor and materials. And um, we, we went through that. They had 376 people in their plant. And uh, we went through and did a top performer profile for their supervisors, their leads, their line, their, their um, forklift drivers, uh, their plant manager, the assistant manager, uh, etc. All the machine operators, uh, 15 different kinds of machine, machine operators. And we reduced the number of people in the plant from uh, 374 to 272. Okay. And we did 13 million uh, that year instead of 11 million. And um, our margins, our cost of labor went from 49% uh, to 19%. And um, uh, our, our margins uh, went to uh, 45% uh, instead of the 16%. Got it. And uh, so they made more money and profit than they had in the previous 30 years. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, I One get that. Year. But well, so, um, but turning around, kind of some of the employees that you already have there. How do, how do you how do you do that? Or I mean, is that oh, possible? Uh, and thank you for reminding me of that. So, yeah. uh, of those 272 people, we shifted um, about 40 of the people around uh, where their core value nature um, of the CBI um, was what was needed in, in the work of the job. So we, we moved several machine operators back into uh, line work. We moved one of them up to be a manager. We moved a manager back to becoming a supervisor, manager back to becoming a machine operator. Uh, and it was all based upon 
um, uh, looking at the core value energy of, in, of the individual, saying, well, they're a really strong employee, they're really reliable, they send work hard, they just don't, uh, they're not as effective at, at where they are. Let's move them where they, where they fit better. And uh, that was really, uh, really the secret. Um, See, I like that. I like the fact that and it shows a really good message to your employees, the ones who are performing too, that you've got the foresight to actually look at what's going on and fix the issue rather than just getting rid of people and trying to rehire. Yes, in fact, we only we only uh, terminated uh, even one employee in in ten percent of our companies that were just really in desperate shape. Uh, all of the rest we turned around by uh, by playing musical chairs, uh, not playing, but scientifically putting people <laughs> in the right seat uh, and uh, keeping them, keeping all of the good quality human beings yeah. that were not uh, in the right seat. Therefore, were not um, uh, A and B performers. All right, so I like that term. We're going to coin that, scientific musical chairs, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so why is it, why is it important to, to uh, shift them to another seat as opposed to letting them go, you know, from what you've seen? Well, in the first place, uh, the reason they're probably still there, even though they're a weak performer, is because people like them. They get along well. They show up on time. They don't smell bad. They don't, you know, don't have a drug and alcohol problem, whatever. They don't bite people. Uh, and uh, so that's important. But the most important thing is that they know the company. They they, they like the company. They feel at home in the company. They feel loyal uh, loyalty there, and they know the uh, the products. They know the systems and processes. So uh, it's in, in very very costly to. To, uh, fire somebody and hire a new person and train them and, and oh, yeah. get them up to speed uh, takes uh, you know a year or two before people really settle into their job. Um, if you have the wrong people in the wrong seat, uh, it's, it's it's just an arduous task. And you run the risk of making a bad hire too. Uh, they they pick up the pace uh, very quickly, and, and with if it's an existing employee in the company. Then they're very thankful to still have their job and be able to work in the company, and they they uh, uh, catch up even if we put them in a seat that they've never trained for, they don't have any experience in. Uh, within a matter of just a few weeks, what we call overnight, they become an A or B player, incredibly valuable. Instead of you know what the, the Rick the the passion here is that. Uh, the industrial revolution and and that has created this uh, 80-20 principle sure. um, has really created a, a, a stigma that says if you are a low performer, it means you are a low caliber human being. Yeah, that is true. And and I will browbeat you. I will challenge you. I will criticize you for not being smart, for not to, you know doing what you're told, for uh, not following your instructions, and and send you to co- courses and classwork, and none of it helps. You, put, you need to put a right person in the right seat. And when you do, uh, suddenly the D performer that everybody thought was a D caliber human being is now an A or B performer and one of the top performers in the company. See, that's that outsta- what I live to do, is yeah. to, um, you know, to bring uh, forward the highest potential of every person and put them where they can make their best contribution. So that's a, that's a really outstanding form of kind of restructuring the business. It is. Yeah. It's the only knowledgeable way to restructure a business. It's, it, it, it is, that's why we call it a human capital audit, a human capital audit of a, of a position or of the entire company. Got it. We're talking to Lynn Taylor, the president and CEO of Taylor Protocols. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how to actually, um, how, how to actually 
bring them to transformation and where to start in order to uh, to uh, transform your what you had. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and our guest today is Lynn Taylor, the President and CEO of Taylor Protocols. So we just discussed a little bit about transferring or transforming a, a your D player to an A player. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how to actually do it. So uh, Lynn, if, if everyone in the company, you posed this question to me, which was really interesting to me. If everyone in the company were A to B, A or B players, what would be the capacity? And I didn't want you to get into that when we talked because I thought that was a really interesting question. So um, let, run through that for me, if you would. That was the uh, the basis of my turnaround work was was to rate everybody in in every position as an A, a B, C, or D performer sure. in the, that company in that position, and and we proved that the Wilfredo Pareto principle was there. Twenty percent of the people produce eighty percent of the value. So it was just a simple uh, logical step then to say, well, let's move some people out of the sales position where they're D performers and sure. move them into customer service or move them uh, across the line into uh, a lead on the manufacturing side and vice versa. Let's take a inside salesperson and put them out in the field. Let's uh, uh, let's take a um, customer service person and, and, uh, and put them into inside sales. Uh, we did this at Alcoa. Okay. Had um, uh, 75 people and uh, a 15, uh, uh, sorry, a $5 billion um, uh, business. Sure. Making about 3% net profit and growing at 1.5% a year. And in, in that year, we reduced from 75 people, and they kept all the people, but they sent them out to plants and other things. But uh, the, the sales and the customer service and the marketing um, team that was at the headquarters uh, was reduced from 75 people to 38. And those 38 people uh, now drove uh, the company at um, uh, an 8% uh, annual growth. 8% on $5 billion is uh, a lot of money, $400 million of increased sales a year. And, and uh, we did it with, with, the, with the fewer people, so our cost of, of overhead was reduced. They, they moved to a, a, a 9 and then a 12% um, uh, net profit. Uh, Bob Parks, the uh, president there, said that uh, we, we produced more benefit in his uh, uh, 18 months after we did our work than he had in his previous 35 years for Alcoa. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Now, so most of our audience are primarily smaller companies, entrepreneurs. We deal with a lot of, we have a lot of, you know, tech-focused companies. So, you know, I would imagine having one person that's not working out. So how do they, how do they effectively do a human capital analysis or, or, or analyze that person to figure out where they're going to fit best? It's a matter of looking at, at what the company does, what their, what their um, product is, their services are, and how they price it, and, and where the labor needs to go, and, and mm -hmm. who's doing the selling. And So those are some simple questions I ask. I, I just come in, you know, 
staying staying ignorant until I understand. That's what we call good wisdom. Sure. And so I would just ask questions like, well, so who does the selling here? So in entrepreneurial companies, um, the lead technician is often also the best salesperson, the only one he, uh, he or she trusts to go out and do the selling. Um, and then they get some support people and, and uh, trying to take off of the, off of the uh, either technical or sales uh, uh, entrepreneur, it's usually on one side or the other, technical or sales, mm-hmm. take everything off of their plate that, that they shouldn't be doing that keeps them from making their best contribution. Uh, the, without the, without the uh, top performer profile, we've proven that most companies operate at um, uh, the best at 30% human capital efficiency. Okay. Uh, efficiency is having only A and B performers in a given job, in, in a given job position. And uh, and that's... So that's, uh, having only A and B performers is only going to give you about 30% efficiency? It means you have more than three times the number of people you need, even if you only have ten people. Okay. Okay. And and we've just shown that that is the true everywhere. Now, helping right. them hire one new top performer uh, changes the mix pretty fast. Uh, and and then um, it, it is playing the musical chairs, moving responsibilities around and moving people around. Uh, that's how we save the the two hundred plus companies. Okay. So. Where, where does one start, right? So it seems to me you've got a, an analysis that you have to do, but I think before you analyze your your person, you kind of really need to know what your job descriptions are, right? Or what you yeah, have available? Absolutely. We, we, start, we start with uh, what systems and processes are being used in sales. So we, we find out what they, what they use, and then we find out uh, how long they worked. And then what we do is we go down to detail, and, and we develop a, a new kind of job description that looks at what is the contribution this person is going to make to the company, the benefit to the company. It has nothing to do with the person. It's the financial justification. What is the thing they're going to produce that is worth money for us and worth enough money that, that we can pay them a salary to produce that for us? Okay, now and then we prioritize responsibilities and, and look at only those um, responsibilities uh, staying in that position um, based upon uh, the contribution that's being created. And then we look at if they're going to do all those responsibilities, what are they doing um, most of the day? Where are they sitting and what is the work that they're doing, uh, the task, the kind of tasks that they're doing all day long, the biggest part of the day because we want the human energy in the individual to be naturally expressed through the tasks of the job. If you don't do that, Rick, uh, you will fail. There is no other way to look at it. You you need to match the human energy in a person and see that how that flows through the, the actual tasks of the job about the same balance of, of the capacities the person has are the same balance of human energies needed in the work of a given job. So we do that job description and then we um, uh, use the CVI to paint a picture of the ideal person for that job. And then we make the, taking the CVI the first step in the hiring process. We don't, uh, we don't uh, allow our uh, clients, we, we encourage them never to interview somebody if uh, they don't get a high recommendation by our system. Got it. So, in essence, what you're looking at is, for somebody who's a new hire, you want to create the job description first, but if you're taking somebody who's already in the company, right, essentially you're doing the reverse. You're saying, well, we've got a person, we're running them through our CVI 
test to, to figure out what motivates them and where they're going to thrive, and then you're creating a role around that person? Yeah, it's what we call a facilitator role. Sure. Um, we, we can do it. We can do it with a brand new position, or we can do it with a, a team of three people and doing the same work, um, or we can do it with a thousand people. And and once you get over twenty people, it's all statistical. Um, uh, up up to, to about ten, you don't get enough information to 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 do a statistical evaluation. But um, the the process is the same. We we uh, drill down to make sure we understand exactly what we're trying to pay a person to do, and how much of that do they need to create? What's the nature of the contribution, and how does it turn into money? How much money does it turn into? Okay, so run me through how CVI um, works, if you could. I mean, because this is essentially an analytics tool or a behavioral analysis tool or something to that. It's similar to like DISC or, or predictive index or something like that, right? Well, it's um, it, it, it would be in the genre of human assessment, but that's okay. the only place where we're like everyone else. Okay. Um, the, the I love it. The instruments, Rick, are, are personality profiles, and they're, they're, they go after them by asking questions, giving a context and ex- explanation, and then having them choose from um, three or four different uh, behaviors that they would exhibit. And all of that is causes a person to simply um, paint a picture that they uh, want to be true of themselves and they believe can be true of themselves. Um, but it makes them only about 70, uh, 70 to 75% repeat score reliable. Got it. Meaning that if you have them take it again uh, at home or a different time or, or when they've just had a divorce or something, they will show up completely differently. Um, and we Based on their emotion or what's happening in their life? 7% repeat score. We're measuring what Maslow called the innate, essentially unchanging nature of a person for the first time. And we know it's comprised of four discrete human energies, uh, and we know how to derive a, a, a capacity, a variance in that, and measurable, so it's quantitative and, and uh, uh, tightly defined. Got it. Got it. All right, so you're trying to get the, to the core of who somebody is as opposed to what feelings they might have at a particular time based on whatever life experiences they might be having at the time. Yeah, it's, uh, see, the, it doesn't matter what the life experiences are with our system. Okay. It, 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 um, we're completely free of that. Uh, there is no confusion and no subtly no place for a person to hide. It's a forced choice instrument that takes less than 10 minutes to take. The others take 45 minutes to three hours and require a, a heavy interpretation, and, and then it's all, it's all wrong. It's all about the adapted behavioral self as opposed to the essential human uh, being that you are. Got it. Uh, our, our instrument and, and my book, Choices, are being called the foundation of the psychology of being that Maslow pointed to some 70 years ago. And the importance of this is that we learn who you are from birth and, and uh, therefore who you are meant to be and therefore where you fit best, where uh, if we put you in a given situation, uh, you will find it to be your place of highest and best contribution, um, the place that will make you feel fulfilled and satisfied. So all this talk we've been doing about people, Rick, um, yeah. and uh, a little callously with numbers, um, is exactly the opposite. Uh, our, our work is to lift people into their place of highest and best contribution, which makes them feel satisfied and fulfilled and for the company engaged and productive 
and so it's a win-win for businesses and individuals. Which is huge this day and age, especially when you know Gallup polls show that 68% of of the American workforce are disengaged and disenchanted with their current roles. Yeah, we actually believe it's much higher. HR Magazine did a study and said that 75% of all employees are, are looking for a job now <laughs> uh, and said that uh, 85% um, are, are uh, dissatisfied with the job they get within three weeks. Uh, it, yeah, we we think there are only about three or four percent of the people who are really in the right seat. Another fifteen percent or so are are getting close to that and have a, a pretty good day, where seventy five or eighty percent uh, match to who they are. And the rest of the people are uh, should never have interviewed for a, a job, and they should never have been interviewed for a given job that they got in in a company. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, what would what what are some of the results that you guys get with CVI? Oh, it's it's been a, you know a wonderful, extraordinary at night transport. We solved his uh, huge turnover. Um, we we um, he, he had um, only 17 trucks on the road, and he, had, he owned 27 trucks. But he had bad uh, uh, engineers, uh, bad um, mechanics uh, working on his trucks. So we did um, um, top performer profiles for um, the sales position, the customer service position, the the dispatch position, um, uh, all of the drivers, and short. We had uh, short haul, mid haul, long haul. We had a different top performer profile for all three kinds of drivers, okay, and for their mechanics. And uh, we took them from a three million dollar business, uh, about ready to lose his home and his and his uh, car and his house and eventually his spouse um, and uh, we, we took him to seven million in the, in the first year and a half and we took him to 16 million within three years three million to 16 million and 16 million he's making 15 percent pre-tax profit uh, all by putting right people in right seats and what's his retention and, and um Oh, the, re the retention rate. is uh, he, he went from that 170% uh, kind of turnover per year uh, to about a 20% turnover. And the market, by the way, in that time has gotten much, much more competitive and much worse, where all the other trucking companies are having 75 or 80% um, uh, turnover uh, a, a year. Uh, he is now in, in, in below 20% turnover. That's outstanding. So, uh, unfortunately, we're, get, we're running close to being just out of time. Lynn, I want to thank you for your time investment today, and, um, and thank you for being on the Higher Power Radio Show. Uh, it's our pleasure, Rick. I really appreciate it. Um, you're doing great work and, and look forward to a long association with you. Oh, thank and you. to encourage that, um, uh, anybody who wants to uh, take the core value index free of cost, uh, uh, is it okay if they just call you, Rick, and we'll give you a bunch of links that you can send out to your to your audience? Yeah, we could do that. And actually, um, you know, if somebody would like to reach out to you directly, how do they reach you? And they could probably just mention that they've heard you on Higher Power Radio Show, and you could follow up that way as well? That's all they need to do. Say Perfect. Higher Power and you can call uh, uh, Taylor Protocols. The number is 206-283-8144. Uh, or you can send um, uh, an email to uh, Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at Taylor Protocols. Uh, that's three O's and an S in Protocols. And it's uh, T-A-Y-L-O-R. And, and we'll send you a, a free, free link and, and uh, look forward to having a chat after you do that, if you like. Absolutely. And what's your website address or how do they reach you on the web? It's uh, TaylorProtocols.com. Um, okay, excellent. 
So I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Kim Iverson. To listen to this show and any past episodes, you can check us out on Higher. that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com, or Higher Power Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Higher Power Radio Show, or you can follow me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. We have another great show lined up for you guys next week. It'll be our one-year anniversary, and we're bringing back our very first guest, Tom Shaparo, who's the executive vice president of the Newport Group. Looking forward to having him. It's going to be fun. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.